either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. You'd, you'd think we'd all be in Las Vegas, Marco. We are. We are in Las Vegas. I have my, my avatar, my clone. <laughs> um, I've become a quantum lately, so I can actually be in two places at the same time. It's called technology. A digital triplet? Is that what you got going? <laughs> More than a tween, yes. yes. I, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> well, I, I think the, the cool thing about... Uh, what we're what we're up to this week is we get to connect as our intro says some of the coolest people and smartest minds in this space and that is very true with our guest ali mellon thanks ali for joining us thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure and uh you are attending black hat the same way we are yes, through, through many others <laughs> um so and i i guess i'll just say you kind of get to attend Black Hat all year long <laughs> because of the work you do. You're constantly connecting with uh, people who need security and the people that provide the tools and, uh, and other researchers that, that are on your, in your group to kind of understand what's going on. So um, what's obviously XDR is a big thing for you, but what, uh, what, what's your thoughts uh, this, thus far for this year? Oh, this year, so last year was really, um, it was my first year at Forrester and I was all in focused on XDR. And this year I've been very grateful to work on XDR, yes, but also focused on SIM and security analytics and the SOC more generally. Um, and so lots of stuff happening in that space, lots of stuff that coming from a background in an EDR vendor, I was not as familiar with that uh, is actually pretty exciting. So seeing a lot of movement in XDR, of course, but also in security analytics and, and obviously the SOC more broadly, which is always the most fun part because that's where I get to talk about process and people and all of that. Um, it's been really unique. 
And for for those that may, I mean, may not know, and perhaps I don't even know all the details of the XDR and what's in there and the difference between that and EDRs or something in between even, <laughs> um, maybe a, an overview of, of this space uh, would be fantastic for our audience to hear. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we've had a couple of different philosophies that have dominated the technology market when it comes to what you use in SOC. The first and most obvious, the big elephant in the room is SIM. And um, SIM has been around for over 20 years now. Incredibly useful in a lot of ways because it gives you a lot of flexibility. You can bring in, at this point, whatever log sources you want, build your own rules. Um, even now, since a lot of the SIM vendors have acquired SOAR vendors or built their own, you can even build your own playbooks for workflows. Now, there's uh, one problem with this, though, that the industry has been plagued with, which is we don't actually have the talent that we need to do all the customization that is required when you look at building your own rules, managing um, your own threat hunting function, having a whole detection engineering team, which is one of the reasons that we've seen the rise of things like MDR. XDR is the other way that this is being approached. And it started with EDR and the EDR philosophy of looking to the endpoint and seeing, hey, we can get a bunch of really interesting data from the endpoint that can be very useful for incident response. But what's further, um, the business data was also stored on the endpoint when EDR came about. And so we were ultimately defending and directly defending the battleground that we needed to be defending to, to protect business data. Now, two problems here. The first is that obviously endpoint is not enough. I've talked to many practitioners who would tell me that I can take their uh, network analysis and visibility tool probably out of their cold dead hands. <laughs> uh, but the second piece of this as well is that um, business data is not on the endpoint anymore. It's in the cloud. People argue that that's just a different endpoint, but it's certainly protected in a very different way. You certainly do detection in a very different way there. And so EDR had to evolve in order to deal with its own existential threat. So ultimately what XDR is, is the evolution of EDR to start bringing in more of these data sources, more of these log sources, still in a pretty constrained way, not nearly the same approach as the bring whatever you want in and do whatever you want with it that we see with SIM. But it's ultimately about providing higher quality workflows, providing higher quality detections based on what the vendor is seeing in the space, which is which we see quite a bit through MDR, but is also bled into XDR and trying to address a little bit better where and protect a little bit better where the business data is now that it's in the cloud instead of on the endpoint. So help me in, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be, Really sad if I saw an ingrant here, but so are we talking? Are we now talking about um, detection in the cloud and containers and things like Kubernetes? Is that is that where you're talking about that transition? So that is one piece of it. the The cloud security problem is very complex, and there are a lot of pieces to it. Ultimately, doing something like detection in containers is one limited use case, but really the vehicle that a lot of MDR providers are seeing to detect threats in the cloud, not misconfigurations, we're not talking about that or vulnerabilities or anything like that, but actual attackers in the cloud is through identity. 
And so that's the other piece here that's coming into play, not just like deploying an EDR agent into the cloud, but actually evaluating what's happening with the individual identity or user or entity and understanding that so you can see, is this potentially attacker behavior? MDR vendors are on the bleeding edge of a lot of this work and the product hasn't entirely gotten to that point yet. And I see this quite often. I mean, I look to service providers, especially the cutting edge ones for what's coming next for products. And that is definitely the case with MDR and XDR. Ultimately, XDR has been following behind MDR for a number of years already. So moving in that direction, but the capabilities there are still limited. Nice. Marco. I'm getting I'm getting lost with all these acronyms. So, you know, <laughs> I, want, I want to get concrete with this. And I, the yeah. way I wanted to get concrete with this is that we, we've been having a few conversation, uh, what we call chats on the road, where we talk to people that are keynoting there or, or speaking at Black Hat and DEF CON. And, um, and the people on the floor. And the people on the floor are, you know, ask the question, you know, what's the buzzword? What is the marketing presenting in the expo uh, floor and everything? And and the thing that, that, you know, the joke, or it's not really a joke, but it's artificial intelligence is everywhere. It's kind of like you, you have to sprinkle it and, of course, machine learning. But also they're saying that people now go at their booth knowing what they actually need. Maybe not the exact solution, but kind of like they're not just looking for security, and tell me what you got, but it's like, okay, this is what I need. And I think this is a good news for the industry. What What's your take on that? Is it really the business much more mature nowadays when they look for cybersecurity solutions? I think it depends on the enterprise and the, the team behind it. We certainly have more people who have more experience in the space than ever before, which will lead to that. I think that honestly, the other factor here is they're just sick of the marketing noise. And so they just go and say, this is what I want. <laughs> like, just give this to me. I don't want to hear about all this BS. This is my um, list of the, the shopping list. So please don't, don't sell me other stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? No, and that's the thing. I mean, I deal with this all of the time. I'll get briefings from some vendors. And one of the first questions that I ask is, who are your top competitors? And you would not believe the number of vendors that say, oh, we don't have any competitors. And it's like, okay, yeah. then you got no sure. customers. Like there's no mm -hmm. market here. And because ultimately they are all uh, doing, they're all addressing a particular problem in a particular way. And if it doesn't fit into, first off, if it doesn't fit into a market, there's no way you're gonna get budget for it. But second, it is becomes very difficult to communicate because just like what I mentioned a little earlier when I was talking about the difference between spotting attacker activity versus say misconfigurations or vulnerabilities, that's something that I see getting mixed up all the time. I mean, if we look at something like what some vendors are trying to say with, um, what is it like VMDR where it's like, they're trying to do like, or V yeah, VMDR vulnerability, detection and response. It's like, what are you detecting there? You don't detect vulnerabilities, you find them. What are you responding to there? You know, but it's confusing, especially once you get into something like, we see it with identity too, IDR. What are you detecting and what are you responding? And ultimately it always comes back to more of that structural awareness side of misconfigs and vulnerabilities than it does actually detecting situational aspects like an attacker in the network. 
Super interesting. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on my experience years ago uh, when I was building and bringing products to market. The, the timeline to bring new solutions to market was six to nine months, maybe a year, depending on the breadth and depth of this. I, I was working on semantics for SIM, for example. So that was a year-long cycle of delivery and not 12, nine to 18 months on, this, on the buying side to purchase something like that and, and make a decision. I'm just wondering, what's the current state of that? Because as Mark was saying, they kind of know what they want. So are they cutting out the the investigation part of the sales cycle? And, and then are they able to make quick decisions and, and deploy things faster? Has that thing kind of shifted as well? Honestly, for a time, buying cycles were a lot faster than they had been. But given all of the concern over a potential recession, we've actually seen that kind of pivoting and them slowing down a little bit. The other piece of this is, even though they know what they want, there's very little trust in the vendors to actually be providing what they want. And so there's still a very long due diligence period. Part of the reason I have a job <laughs> is because there's not a lot of trust that the vendor is actually going to be able to deliver on the capabilities that they're expecting. And so they come to people like me, they obviously do POCs. Um, one of the really interesting data points that we have at Forrester is that CISOs consistently look for the quality of training resources before they buy a particular technology. And that says to me, these tools are hard to use. They're very hard to use, which is not surprising for anybody who's been in this industry, but it is something that can be very surprising for the vendors. And so I like to kind of bring that up as a key point where it actually still takes a lot of due diligence to install a particular tool because the CISO doesn't want to get it wrong too. Well, it sounds to me that and this is another conversation we had that the, the human element it's still essential right so you can't just take all right this is the product apply it everything is magic and it's happened another thing that you just mentioned is the word recession and uh we heard that too and it's hard for me to think how recession is affecting something like cybersecurity. i mean can you do security on a budget or does it mean that you're spending less with the vendors because you have a better team that can handle this? I mean, what's the conundrum there? So um, <laughs> security leaders have been doing uh, cybersecurity on a budget for like 20 years. <laughs> so they're very familiar right. with that. Right. And okay. now admittedly, they have bigger budgets than they have ever had and a lot more buy-in um, than they ever have. But they're still having to defend budgets at this point. I think that the bigger problem that we are seeing and are preparing for is not necessarily security getting budgets cut, but IT potentially getting budgets cut. And some of those responsibilities shifting off onto security. So say that you have a, um, that you have a zero trust strategy, security actually getting their hands dirty and doing some of that implementation because the IT team is, IT team is either been laid off or um, has a short staffed, things like that. So interesting shifting of focus potentially coming because of this um, because totally agree that like one of the things with the security org that's changed a lot is they're very important for the business now and the business is kind of accepting that and recognizing that and it's harder to take away that budget and maybe a, a final quick question for you before we wrap is because you talked about the trust 
or lack thereof in the vendors and their, their offerings and counter that with um, increased pressure on the budget and why do you need this? How, how does the market look at and how do the CISOs look at the space and say, this is how I measure success for our group? Is there a way to, to do that? Do you mean compared to other orgs or just like metrics? I'm just thinking how how do they know they made the right decision and how do they communicate that to their peers uh, at the at the exec level? So this is very difficult to do. Um, when it comes to a particular technology, a lot of it is, especially when you're looking at it from the context of the SOC, it comes down to identifying the right metrics, not just looking at things like mean time to remediate, but also completeness of response, um, looking at how quickly an analyst can investigate a particular incident. You know, I'll throw one more acronym at you, which is something that Jeff Pollard, another analyst on the team, um, and I uh, coined earlier this year called analyst experience. And this is how, not me analyst, but, but actual security analysts, the ones doing the work, this is how we think about how the analyst experiences their day-to-day -day life in the SOC and how tools and processes can be improved to help them through that. We often go through buying motions thinking about the CISO or thinking about the SOC manager. We very rarely think about the actual workflow that the analyst is going through. And I see this time and time again in demos where I ask for a demo from a user's point of view. And the first thing that the vendor does is take me to the integrations page. Not entirely sure why the uh, analyst would go there first, but <laughs> there we have it. So um, prioritizing things to improve the analyst experience, I think is the most important thing that should be looked at when evaluating new technologies. Well, I, all I can think of is uh, employee experience, which is a broad topic, and then also UX, which is completely different, but super important as well. Um, I, I could talk to you for hours. Um, perhaps perhaps there's another opportunity we can have you on and, and dig into some of these other topics in, in, uh, in depth. But really appreciate you, Ali, taking the time during Black Hat, even though we're all remote, looking <laughs> on from afar. Um, but your, your insight is super important and uh, appreciate you sharing it here today. Thank you so much for having me. And Thank thanks, you. everybody. Yep, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us here live on ITSB Magazine from Black Hat or during Black Hat and DEF CON anyway. And uh, thanks, Ali. We'll, uh, we'll put links to your uh, social handles so folks can uh, connect with you and continue the conversation that they want to have with you as well on uh, social. You're very active there. So thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. More coming. More coming. A lot more. Stay That's tuned. Right. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk 
and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our on-location conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.